Amen. Amen. All right. So um, Pastor Sheldon is going to give us a message tonight on what Christmas brings. So we, we welcome him up tonight and take out our notes, our Bible, and take out your Bible, your New Hope app. And we have notes on there too. <laughs> Thank you so much, Erica. She actually helps us with our app, and there's some cool things with our church app. And if you haven't been using that, there are, actually on Sunday mornings, there is a place for notes that you can um, download on your, on your app or uh, open up the app and uh, follow through with that. So that uh, some of you, when you come in on Sunday mornings, you get a piece of paper, you have it with you, you take notes, but then you lose the notes this way, when you take notes on the app, it's always with you, and you can fill in the blanks. You can also fill in your own notes. So if you have not downloaded the app yet, please do so. It's just a way for us to stay connected as well as a way for us to take notes and keep it with us all the time. We will also be on Wednesday nights after we download the message onto our app that you'll be able to uh, take notes also, and you'll have your notes for our Wednesday nights but tonight, when you, have, when you came in, you have a blank piece of paper. You can take notes on that, too. And tonight, we're going to be talking about what Christmas brings. You know, when I think about Christmas, it brings all kinds of um, elements and different types of uh, uh, personalities. Uh, it brings with it uh, different uh, economic, uh, a stirring of the eco- uh, economics. It also brings in uh, a lot of decorations. Uh, Christmas brings in sometimes stress. Christmas brings in family members. You know, people travel, people fly. Uh, Christmas also brings an excitement because that's just the season. It also brings uh, great gifts because we're all hoping we get that, you know, special gift. But it also brings with it, during Christmas time, sometimes it brings sadness and pain. Sometimes it brings loneliness. Sometimes Christmas brings memories. It brings uh, difficulties. It brings financial burdens. Uh, It brings guilt. Someone buys you a gift. You didn't get them something. You're thinking, what am I going to do? So you re-gift someone else's and give it to them. You try to think about, how am I going to do this season? How am I going to be in this Christmas season? So Christmas brings a lot of things. We're actually going to look at three components that Christmas brings. And it, there, there's a lot of things, but I think these three areas really affect our lives. And the first area is this thing called joy. And we sang about that tonight, tonight, that Christmas brings joy. Now, when we think of joy, in the book of Luke, chapter 2, if you want to turn there, if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. I'm just going to read Luke, chapter 2, verse 10. So if you don't have your, your Bible, that's fine. But in Luke, chapter 2, verse 10, this is when the angel came to uh, the, the shepherds and said, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Now, when the angels show up, they're, they're bringing something with them. They're, they're bringing what's about to take place when Jesus is born. Now, we got to remember, Christmas is because Jesus was born. So there was no Christmas before Jesus was born. Okay, I think we got that. I think we understand that. But imagine if there was no Christmas. Or, even worse, imagine if there was no Christ, what the world would be like. But let's imagine both. What if there was Christmas, but there was no Christ? Let's just say there is Christmas, 
but there's no Jesus in it. Did you know that that's still possible? That millions around the world still celebrate Christmas without Christ. The holiday is there. The festivities are there. The parades are there. The decorating is there, but there's no Jesus in it. See, Christmas brings so much to our world because there's a spirit behind it, even though people don't celebrate Jesus in Christmas. That's, that's probably the most astounding holiday, that there is a holiday that can be celebrated with the same spirit as if they were celebrating Jesus. In other words, Jesus is bigger than the holiday. His spirit is so much bigger than the holiday that even though people may not celebrate Jesus, the spirit of Christ is what makes Christmas Christmas. Now, we're believers. We believe in Jesus. We have the spirit of Christ in us, so we understand what Christmas is. Yet at the same time, even as believers, we can actually forget why we're celebrating Christmas and what Christmas brings. Christmas should bring joy. Now, what happens is if we as believers are not joyful people, then how can we celebrate Christmas with joy? The only way that would be possible is if things go well. If our families are doing well, we're joyful. If finances are well, we're joyful. If economics are well in our family, we're joyful. So if, if we're waiting for certain elements to fall into place for us to be joyful, then now we're, we're forgetting what Christmas brings. See, when Jesus came to this world, the shepherds, said, the shepherds heard from the angels, I bring you good, good news with great joy. That will be for all people. There was no mistake what the angels were doing. They were actually saying what Christmas is going to bring, what Christ will bring. Now, the Jews were under oppression. The, the Israelites were under oppression. They were under the Roman rule. And the Israelites understood what it meant to be under someone else's rule. With the Assyrians, Babylonians, with the Egyptians, and then the Romans. So they, they understood that. But when the angels show up, and they say, you will experience great joy. Now people are wondering, so how is this going to happen? We're still under oppression. We're, 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 we're being ruled. And you're saying we're going to have great joy? What the angels were referring to was that this joy wasn't about happiness. Happenstance. With whatever is, whatever is making you happy through circumstance that that's what's going to happen. No, the angels were actually saying, I have good news for you that will bring you great joy. It'll be for all people. There's going to be a spirit of joy that will come that no one can take away. That no one can take away from you. They can take away your freedom in the sense of you're now slaves, you're living in a foreign land, you're under oppression, but there is a spirit that is going to come that no one can take away. And that's a spirit of joy. No one can take away your joy. You actually give that away. We, we, we surrender that by circumstance. If our circumstances aren't well, then we surrender our joy. The Bible tells us in everything, give thanks, not for everything. So there is the difference. It's in everything. We can still give thanks in everything. No matter how difficult it is, we can still give thanks. And that thanksgiving, that heart of thanksgiving, is, is, is like that fuel system for joy. 
once we're unthankful, once we, we become ungrateful, then our spirit of joy begins to run out because now we're operating on what is happening. One thing I loved about Christmas is growing up and, and having Christmas at Grandma's house. When we had Christmas at Grandma's house, everybody came over. All the cousins came over. We had one blanket, 50 kids in the living room. You know, if you cold at night too bad, you kind of huddle together. And if you're in the middle, you got the best of both worlds because whoever fights over the blanket, you're good to go. So I was always in the middle, and we had all the cousins just there in the living room. And we're trying to stay up as late as possible. Some of us stayed up all night. And, you know, we're looking for Santa Claus. We're, we're wondering if he exists. And we're, so we're, we're trying to keep our eyes open as long as possible. And then the morning comes and we fall asleep around 6 o'clock in the morning. And then we have to wait till everybody shows up to open gifts. That was the most brutal time. It was from 9 till about 11 o'clock that we were waiting for people. And we were getting mad. We were getting antsy. But once the word was to go and open presents, we'd all sit in categories and our aunties and uncles would pass out the gifts. And then when we got our gift, we could open it. But the joy that we had opening the gift, nowhere compared to the joy of playing with the toys after you open the gift. We would have remote control cars, like a football or a baseball, some electronical gadget, something. And the worst was when you opened an electronical gadget and there were no batteries. It's like that was the worst thing. It's like, come on, no sense. So we're you know, taking batteries from remote controls and trying to figure it out. But after we, we were done opening up gifts, the joy was there because we were gathering together as family and we had fun, played football all day, all the way until nighttime. And we stayed outside. You, you could not stay inside, <laughs> which, which is opposite now, right? You try to get your kids outside. It's like outside. It's dark. <laughs> outside is my clothes going to get dirty. <laughs> but we, we couldn't even go in the house. Remember, you'd get scoldings for coming in the house. It's like, what are you doing in the house? Get outside. So we had to play outside. But the joy was the gathering. It was being with family members, people you love, people, people who, who knew you. And it was people that would love you no matter what. Oh, you'd still get into fights. You would still fight with that one cousin that was from another island. Well, that was me. I was living on Oahu. My cousin would always visit us from this island, and we'd always fight, and then we became best friends, and then fight again next time, and then become each other's best friends. And I thought, that's, that's growing up. That's, that's what happens when you're children. But when you become adults, it's almost like when we fight, we stay there, and we forget that the spirit of joy is in us. See, what what God looks for is believers like you and I who will continue to spread that joy to the rest of the world. The world doesn't know the kind of joy we have. And we tend to forget the kind of joy we have. We don't have the kind of joy we used to have. Happiness or happenstance. Circumstances that made us feel happy. We have a different kind of joy. It's a spirit. It's not a situation. That's why when the angel said, I bring you good news that will cause great joy. That joy causes us to have fun, to laugh together, to have good times. It brings us together. That spirit of joy. Christmas is typically the most economic time of year for businesses. 
19%, 20% of the year's income is generated during Christmas time. So businesses find great joy or happiness during that time. That's why they call it Black Friday. That's when everyone comes out of the red and goes into the black, if you understand the bookkeeping. But with us, with believers, our joy should never be in the red. Our joy should always be on the plus side, that we have the joy of the Lord, which becomes our strength. Did you, did you know that in the United States, retail industry generated over $3 trillion U.S. dollars during the holidays in 2013? That's a lot of money. Even non-Christians celebrate Christmas because there's a spirit that comes with it. It's a spirit of joy. The second thing that we can catch from Christmas and what Christmas brings is life. That Christmas brings life. You know, when we would have parties, and we have parties now, you know, we have Christmas parties, we have family get-togethers, there's life that happens. If you're putting on a Christmas party and there's no life that's happening, you don't feel good about it. You don't, you don't like being at a party that there's no life. You're like leaning over to your spouse and saying, can we not get out of here? We go movies or something. This is this is no life. Like you want to be at a place that there's life, and that's what Christmas brings. We would play during Christmas. We would sing during Christmas. We would have dinners during Christmas. And growing up during Christmas was the best time because you had life happening. You know, our family, my family, single parent, mom and dad split up. So we would be labeled as dysfunctional. I also had a half-brother. So we, w- we would be considered a dysfunctional family. But I tell you what was amazing about growing up is that we never let the label define us as a family. It just, it, that never defined us. We just knew who we were as a family. We were secure in who we were. We knew who we, who we could become. We knew we had potential. We just didn't know how to get there. We knew we had life. We knew that there was a God. I didn't follow him because I didn't know that much about God, but I knew there was a God. And he gave us life. You may look at your family and say, boy, yeah, that's us. We're dysfunctional. We're split. We're not doing well. But God still gives you life. In the book of Titus, chapter 3, verses 3 to 7, it says, At one time we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness and love of our God, our Savior, appeared, He saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that having been justified by His grace, we might become heirs having the hope of eternal life. Christmas brings life. Not just life here on this earth, but eternal life. That's why Jesus came. Born in a manger, in the mess of things, to let us know that even in the mess, he shows up and brings life. He can do that. Yeah, but you don't understand what mess I'm in. This is going bad. This is going wrong. I made this mistake. This person doesn't trust me. I got betrayed by this person. I didn't know my finances were this bad. I didn't know this person stole from me. I didn't know this. Right. But Jesus does. Invite him into your mess. That's where life begins. It's Jesus coming into the mess and brings life. An eternal life. This happens because the spirit of Christmas 
is the Spirit of Christ. It's bigger than our problems, bigger than the mess, bigger than the economics of our world, the season we're in, or family get-togethers. It's about the hope that he brings, and he brings eternal hope. The third thing that Christmas brings, not just joy in life, but it brings adoration. Adoration, like our worship to God. Now here's where it becomes dangerous. Because that spirit of adoration is there, that, that spirit of thanksgiving to God, that spirit of adoring God, that spirit of placing God in the highest place, that spirit of, of worshiping Him for who He is, because of that spirit, sometimes we can, we can kind of switch that a little bit without even knowing because it's so subtle that we begin to worship the things that God gives to us rather than the giver. And we begin to look for the things of God that he gives rather than him in himself. And that's what happens in our world that people now worship the, the season of Christmas rather than the reason why we have Christmas. It's, slow, it's subtle. It slowly shifts. After a while, you're going to feel it. You have to do this. You have to do that. You have tasks to do, errands to run. You got to do so many things that we don't even have the spirit of Christmas anymore. We don't have the joy, the life, or adoration to God. We adore our, ourselves. And so now we, because we adore ourselves, everyone has to fall in line with what I want. And we forget that that's God's position. We fall in line with whatever God wants. That's adoration at its very best. It's coming in alignment with God, aligning with Him, with His Spirit. That when we align with Him, now everything else can be put in place. Like Matthew 6.33 tells us, Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, then everything else will be added unto us. But if we adore everything else first, how can we seek the kingdom of God? He says, no, seek first the kingdom of God, then everything else will be added. That's a promise from God. It's his promise. Christmas brings that kind of spirit, that spirit of adoration. And if we're not careful, it'll subtly change on us and then we'll adore other things and we'll begin to worship other things. Now, now, now we won't worship other things as in you get a gift and you're singing songs to your gift like, oh, piano, oh, piano. You're not, you're not worshiping the thing. You, you're not, that's singing songs. But worship can become that, whatever it is, becomes so important that it takes the place of God. And you don't even realize it. Other people will, but you won't. And you'll hear subtle things like, oh, they're more important than me. You'll hear those things. Oh, that's more important than church. You're going to hear those things. And we justify. You know how hard it is for me as a Detroit fan on Sunday morning? When people are looking at me and saying, so you check your score. I'm like, I'm trying to focus right here. And you're trying to, Satan behind me. Like, get away from me. It's like, don't talk to me about the Detroit Lions right now. But I have to stay focused because I, on Sunday mornings, I have a mission. I have an assignment. It's God first. He must be first. And now that's just me personally. That's just, I, I, I need to stay that focused. I get distracted quickly. Some of you already recognize that. I get distracted quickly. But I got to stay focused. And the only reason why I need to do that is because I understand that if I get off focus in one thing, 
I develop a discipline or principle that can lead into every other area of life, then I forget about God. But if I can seek first the kingdom, then everything else will be added. If God is first in my life, then he'll let everything else fall in place. Every relationship in my life comes out of my relationship with God. Everything about my life, my character, my pocketbook, my bank account, how I speak, the things I say, all of that is a byproduct of my relationship with God. Everything. So I can't, I can't put a facade for too long. It'll, it'll eventually show up. You know how hard it is to maintain a facade? Remember now, a facade is a, a fake front so that what is behind is not shown. So when you put up a facade, that means you have to maintain that so no one starts questioning what's behind. God has a better way. He says, how about you just seek me, be who you are in me, trust in me, and I'll mold you and shape you into the image I see best for you. There will be no facade. You just be who you are in me. And you work on that with me. Seek first the kingdom of God and everything else will be added. That's adoration at its best. That we're seeking him first. Rather than seeking other things first and then God, seek him first. And put him in the highest place. John, uh, 1 John 5, 11 tells us, and this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life and this life is in his son. That's the testimony that God has given us. What God is saying is, here it is. It's all about my son, Jesus. Adore him. You adore him. God said it often. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Adore him. If we don't fall in love with Jesus more and more every year, why do what we do in this place called church? We should be falling more in love with Jesus every day that goes by. Because it's not a religion. Religion, you can just go to church. You can just attend church, be the same person, just attend church. But relationship, when you're in a relationship, you continue to build that relationship. And that's what it is with God, that we continue to adore Him, build that relationship. That he, this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. But here's a... Uh, a little, uh, a little sidebar here. Because of that, because of that life, the Bible tells us in John 10.10, 10, and you, some of you know this scripture, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Because God gave us this gift of Jesus Christ, eternal life, because the life is in his son, the devil knows that. So he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. The good news is that Jesus came to give us life and to give us life more abundantly. So that's the good news. So if ever you, you sense the devil coming around, that he's coming to steal, kill, or destroy, anytime you sense that, automatically you should say to yourself, life is going to happen because you came to give me life and life more abundant. Oh, I, I sense the devil coming around. I sense there's an attack on my marriage, an attack on my family, an attack on myself. And not the kind of attack like, I am the devil, I'm coming to attack you, kind of thing. We see that in movies. He comes subtle. 
It'll be, it'll be as simple as you come home and maybe, maybe something is out of order. Maybe, maybe you're the type of person who the slippers have to be all together in a certain way and it's not. And you just lose it. Or you, you, you put your shoes in. I'm speaking about Heidi and I because I, I, I did this and I'm trying to get better at this. I put my shoes right where she's going to step and she steps on it and trips. And so she has to continuously tell me, can you put your shoes away? Don't put your shoes over there. I'm like, why you got to yell? I'm not yelling. I'm telling you. But you always tell me that. Yeah, because you always leave it there. So we get into a fight about shoes and the devil is over there. <laughs> it's like he, he's got us right where he wants us. Small little things, that's when he shows up. It's in the small little things. It's not in the major things. The major things that come up, like something really drastic comes up, we bond together. If something happens to our home, the house burns, we, we grab each other, we bond together as a family. But if, uh, if someone left a candle on and maybe the wax dripped all over the counter onto the floor, onto your shoe, you lose it. It doesn't bring you together. It separates you. It's the small little things. And the devil knows that. And he plays off on all the small little things. But when we adore him, the small things really don't matter. We can figure those things out. Maybe, take, maybe some of us have to take a pause, just take a, like a, just a quick break whenever something like that happens. Because you all have, we all have pet peeves, every single one of us. Some of you don't like dishes in the sink. Some of you don't like dishes, just period. After you wash, you clean, you wipe, you put them away. Some of you, you leave like this much juice in the... That should be a law. <laughs> I'm just saying, those, those little pet peeves drive us nuts. Who's supposed to make the bed? You left your sock on the floor. Uh, you, you, you left the door open. You left the light on. Like all these little things during Christmas that happens. For some of you, it's you made the rice wrong. I told you how to measure rice. Use your finger. Yeah, but my finger's different than yours. Then use a cup. I don't like use the cup. It's like, I hate sticky rice. Well, your rice is hot. It's like all those little things. I'm just telling you, it's going to happen during this Christmas season. And the devil shows up in those little places. And then he comes to you to steal, kill, and destroy. It's an indication that Jesus is saying, I came to give you life. Life more abundant. Don't let him steal what God is trying to do. Christmas brings joy, Christmas brings life, and Christmas brings adoration. Let's never forget that. Let's be, let's be people who bring great joy to the rest of the world as believers. We have that spirit in all of us. Let's not let the devil come to steal, kill, and destroy. Let's let Jesus bring life during this Christmas season. Regardless of what it looks like, bring life. And it will start with God himself. Stay close to God. Some of us, we do our devotions. Stay in the Word of God. And don't just read the devotions. Don't just read your devotions so that you can get better. I always say this. If I'm going to get better, it's forever. If I'm going to get better, it's going to be forever. Next year, we have a, a marriage conference coming up. It's called Pause. And in that marriage conference, that's the gist of it. It's some of us just need to pause and assess where we are in our marriage and make some adjustments. Last week, we had our vision night. We casted vision about 2017. This year is the year of the harvest, and we've seen many people come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior, and we'll continue to the end of this year and forevermore. But specifically, this was our year of harvest. Next year is our year of change. 
The year of change is the potter, God as the potter, we as the clay, that he's going to mold us and shape us. And in order for us to change as a church, we're going to have to change as the church. He's going to have to change us. Next year is a year of change. I'm looking forward to that. But in this marriage conference, pause. When we pause, even in our marriages, there's so much that can be accomplished. Some of you understand that word pause because you're a gamer. And that was the best thing ever created for gaming for parents. Because if you needed to do something and you said, I cannot, I cannot, I'm winning. And your parents said, just pause. You could pause and you're okay. Some marriages need to just pause and let God do his very best. So that's going to be in February, February 10th and 11th. It's a Friday and Saturday. Start marking your calendars for that. And the reason why I'm bringing it up now is because it's only three months away. And our calendars fill up quick. But let's be people who do that. Let's bring life, starting with our life with God, reading the Word of God, doing our devotions, as well as bringing life into our families. But in order for us to bring life into our families, we must first have it in us. And then we can bring it to the rest of the world. And let God do that. So let's, let's be people who are joyful. Let's be people who bring life and get life from God. And then let's be people who adore God. Let's adore God more than anything else, more than anyone else. Love Him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And when we do that, not only will we understand what Christmas brings, but we'll begin to understand what we bring when people don't understand Christmas. Even if they don't understand Christmas, they understand joy, they understand life, and they understand adoration. We can bring that to the world. Would you say amen to that? Let's be that kind of people. You can close your Bibles, and uh, we're going to pray. Don't forget these invitations, and I want to reiterate this because this is what's going to be required for us to uh, invite people. And please pay attention to the dates, okay? I want to I uh, clarify this. We have our Christmas weekend services. We have four services. Christmas Eve, we have two. Sunday morning, we have two. So you can choose any one of those four. It's the same uh, service all weekend. New Year's Eve service is our candlelight service. New Year's Day is a separate service. We kick off the new year. So although we'll have New Year's Eve service on the, uh, at 5 o'clock on New Year's Eve, our candlelight service, starting January 1st, we're, we're going to start a new series called The Adventures of God's Great Change. And we're going to talk about a new journey on January 1st. That it's a new journey for many of us, and especially for those of us who understand that year of change, that God wants to do something great in us. It's going to be a new journey. It's going to be a great journey, but we need to start with God first. And I believe people will be here on January 1st. You know, some people think that no one's going to be here on January 1st. I think to myself, then you don't know God's people. You have no idea about God's people. God is more important than a holiday. Some of us will be tired because we're popping fireworks at 2 o'clock in the morning and we're coming in super early. We've done it before. Jesus died for my sins on the cross. He didn't look at his watch. He paid the price for my sin. It's a small price to pay for him, to adore him, to begin the new year saying to him, this is a new journey with you. That's part of adoration. So t please take this 
and uh, hand these out and actually take a look at the times because sometimes, and we hear it often, even people who attend our church over and over, even servants that are here, they say, oh, I never know. Even though it was six weeks before, but that's okay. We have grace. So hopefully we can get into our system right now, okay? We're going to bow our heads and, and uh, pray. We're going to invite uh, grace into the keyboard. and Let's just bow our heads for a moment. Just take this time out to just let this, the Word of God settle in. Lord, you've given us a, a great word that Christmas brings joy, Christmas brings life, and Christmas brings adoration. That's what the angels were doing when you were born. They were singing. They were singing and, and letting the shepherds know that, that you were bringing great news great joy that will be for all people. Lord, that's all of us. It wasn't just all people in that time period. It was for all people throughout all time that you've given us a spirit behind Christmas because Christmas is about Jesus. And that's what Christmas brings. So Lord, we thank you for giving us the kind of joy that only you can. Thank you for giving us the kind of life that only you can. Life forevermore. It's not just in this world, but it's forever. And it's not just life here on this earth. It's in heaven. A perfect life. That's why we adore you. That's why we sing songs to you. That's why we trust you that you will give us life and life abundant. We pray this in Jesus' name. And we all said, amen, amen. Can you welcome up Pastor Marsha and, and Erica as they close us up? Amen. Thank you, Pastor Sheldon. Yes, so, thank you. That was an awesome message to go into the Christmas season with. And I saw you typing away. What were you, what were you typing? <laughs> so I think, um, you know, the thing that stuck out the most to me was joy. You know, the Lord gives us joy. And we have to choose to be joyful, you know, even in hard times. I know for, like, me, broken family, right? It's like, ah, I got to split up Christmas. I got to split up New Year's. I got to split up the holidays. It doesn't feel joyful. But if we choose joyful and you look at it like, hey, I get multiple Christmas. (laughs) I get multiple chances to be loved on and to love and just pour out joy. Right. Not only that, but Pastor Sheldon said that God's looking for people for believers who will bring his joy. So you get multiple chances to bring his unspeakable joy. Yeah.